0: What's going on everyone and welcome to Method in the Madness. This is the podcast that only delves deep into design and creativity, but also leadership, productivity and all things personal development. And it's 2020 and this is episode 19 where I get to chat with Benjamin Greengrass, who is the creative director of Thought Matter, which is a strategic branding and design studio focused on work worth doing in the city that never sleeps, New York. And Ben and I were introduced by our good friend and kind of guest of the show, Craig Black. And after hitting it off back and forth, I was very excited to kind of get him on the show. Um, Just a kind of side note, we recorded this one just before Christmas, but rather than kind of get it lost in the fog of all the festivities and holiday breaks, I wanted this to be the first episode to kick off 2020. So Ben and I cover a lot of stuff, but Ben gives us a great insight to his kind of starting in the creative industry, starting off as an in-house designer for the college he was at, to joining Elmwood as a designer, then working his way up to becoming creative director at Elmwood years later before moving on to Thought Matter. And we also discuss, you know, things like the importance of having good mentors. Uh, we also discuss lessons we have learned over the years and how our attitudes have kind of changed as we've become more creative leaders rather than designers as well as touching on uh, kind of a funny topic which is basically our multiple midlife crises that we have and how we've handled that. Um, It was also just great to kind of hear a bit more about Benjamin's kind of broad range of experience as well as the work the team at Thought Matter have been creating and some of the amazing stories behind their awesome projects there as well like if you haven't ever heard of Thought Matter by all means head over to their website thoughtmatter.com and please check out their work because they do some absolutely lovely stuff. However Without much further ado, please welcome Ben Greengrass to Method in the Madness. Ben, thank you very much for coming on the show. How is life treating you on the wind down to Christmas?
1: Thank you, Gregor. You know it's good. It's good. We're um, it's the final day today, so we're uh, we're gearing up to to down tools and uh, put our feet up for a few days. So that's always that's always a winner in my book.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's uh, like I'm guessing in New York people do it big. The holiday, yeah,
1: holidays. Um, well, actually, thank. It's weird. Thanksgiving's a lot bigger than than than. Uh, Christmas or the holidays, as we call it here, so mm. so yeah, so thanksgiving it's since I came here it's it's been a bit odd because it's been like you know the the big one is thanksgiving and then then you kind of you you amble up to christmas and it's it's uh it's not as big um especially not in New York anyway, I can't speak for the rest of the country but new york um, yeah yeah but i I'm going back to England anyway, so i'm I'm looking forward to a bit of, a bit of english time
0: coming back to the motherland totally yeah. Yeah, try and do it. Well, I
1: say this. I try I try and do it at least once a year, but it doesn't always work out. But
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. For those of you uh, for those of the listeners who are uh, tuning in, you are a multiple award-winning creative director who's had the pleasure of working with brands um such as you know, Heineken, Mars, uh Proton Gamble, Umbro, Jet.com, a brand i very uh you know, love their new rebrand. And you're a Yorkshire lad that's made it across the pond and you're living in New York City now and working with some uh, lovely brands in the States also. Uh, but to kick off, I was wondering, could you tell us a bit about how you found your start in the creative industry and like how you found creativity in general? absolutely yeah i
1: mean just just a little correction there i'm not i'm not actually yorkshire lad i lived in yorkshire for oh sorry for a long long time. sorry well, my accent gives it away doesn't it i'm i'm, I'm originally <laughs> i'm originally from the norwich area but um i feel like an adopted yorkshireman because i lived there so long and i worked in you know i worked up in 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 leeds so
0: oh my bad my apologies. But it's fine it's fine it's cool
1: so um <laughs> so how how i found my creativity um i well, i guess it's a bit of a history lesson um like, you know, back in the day when I was at school, I didn't really have much idea what I wanted to do at all, right? So, you know, careers officers are not much help. Um, and I think I was in, in the firing line for, for gaining a couple of, of exams: English, language, and literature. So, you know, there were it was a poor a poor show, really, only only having having two in the hopper. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I was thinking, you know, could I, you know, maybe I can be a journalist. I don't know. So, I think I think what I actually did was I signed up for I signed up for some A levels. At the time, that probably shows my age, but I signed up for A levels and <laughs> turned up on the first day, thinking, "Okay, I'm going to become this something in the world of writing." And um, yeah, I took a look around, and it clearly wasn't going to going to work out that way. So I thought, well, you know, I, I, I did have an artistic edge. I I probably messed about a little bit too much in my art lessons to not actually get any qualification. So I ended up going back to um, school and looking. Doing doing a couple of courses in general art and ceramics, weirdly enough. But I think, oh wow, which you know was fun, was fun at the time, and it was you know it was it was was, at least it was something connected to the art world. Um, But I think as I was there in in sort of because some of it was in the art in an art school, um, there was things knocking around like band flyers and and people doing graphics, and I was I was a big fan of Jamie Reed and the kind of punk sort of visual aesthetic. Mm. and um yeah and and just that kind of photocopy fucked up and photocopied kind of style so so
0: yeah no. it kind of drew me into
1: the kind of the graphics world and then i realized there was such a thing as graphic design and you could do a course in it and it, maybe make money in it so so then i i signed up for the uh for the for the real course i spent four years studying um and pretty good at it i thought so my next <laughs> step was to was to, was to get the first job that was uh that was at the actually at the, at the college i studied at as the in-house designer which was a bit of a gift because it was kind of you know ready-made job straight out of college which was which was a lot of fun yeah but i kind of re- i kind of realized you know it was it was sort of you know i couldn't do this forever you know it was a two-year gig i needed to go out and get a real job So this was this was up in up in Leeds, and I I moved to a company called WPA, which again again brilliant job. You know, uh, it was it was a baptism of fire because it was such a such a eventful, um, fun let's say fun packed job. There was lots going on, so worked late nights and did tons and tons of stuff. Um, And then three years later, just before I burnt out, I think I I ended up moving (laughs) to a a company called Elmwood. Oh wow! Yeah, and and I was there for a long time. You know, I was there for. I worked pretty much through designer, uh, design director, and then became the creative director in New York eight years ago. Wow! So yeah, so so that's kind of like the pot exactly the the potted history lesson. Um, And yeah, fifteen months ago from there, you know, there was there was a there was a crave for change. Let's say, and Hmm. I ended up where I am now, which is which is a company called Thought Matter.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm going to touch on that a little bit later because you guys do some absolutely lovely work there. But um, I always like to kind of ask kind of creatives and designers this question. But looking back at when you were that younger kind of designer getting thrown in and the baptism by fire, did you know back then that you wanted to kind of continue to work your way up to becoming a creative director one day? Or did you, was it just like a kind of organic thing? You're just going through the motions and you kind of found yourself suddenly there?
1: Yeah, I, I would. I would say osmosis. To be fair, it was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was. Uh, I don't. I don't think you ever sit there and. Well, I didn't anyway. I don't think you sit there and say, "I want to be a creative director." I never did anyway. Um, I think in the end, you know, it kind of, if you're if you're doing well enough in the business and going through the the projects and the growth, you kind of you'll end up there. Hmm. Um, if you're the right kind of person to be there, um, you know. And I think at the time, you know, as you're a young designer, you just all you want to do is is do great work. You want to just have fun and, you know, kind of get that work work done and, and, and really enjoy what you do. So um, I guess all of a sudden somebody just suddenly says, oh, you know, we, we want you to take a bit more responsibility or you, you get a promotion, you know. Yeah. And then I think I think for me actually it was when when, when those those situa- situations came up when I got a promotion, it's when the sort of the tension started to happen, like, Oh shit, I've got to like present this to the client or I've got to, you know, I've got to really kind of, you know, I'm not the i am I'm I'm actually um on the you know, on the hook for this one. So I need to I need to make it amazing. So I think um yeah, I think I think you just kinda of, well for my my personal point of view, you just kinda of, you just kinda of go through it and then Yeah. I think there's always a struggle when you when you end up you know being promoted to creative director because you kind of you know you, you you're you're in that kind of ground between doing the work and then directing the work so so that that's always the struggle that's always tough and i think you know i would be honest and say it took me years to kind of get through that and actually you know realize that i wasn't meant to be doing all the work i was i was actually in this sort of different different place you know and i needed to focus on what was important as a creative director but also find my kind of my kind of place in the world and and as a creative director
0: yeah yeah like we we're chatting about that when we kind of first caught up um talking about like you know going through your career and you kind of like you were saying you kind of reach that moment where you kind of down the tools more and you're you spend your you know, almost in a sad way you don't spend your life designing that much or you you spend more time kind of directing people but you can get obviously your fulfillment from that as well like how did you find Mm -hmm. that transition like moving away from the tools into more of a a leadership role and because it's one of these things that i think people underestimate how difficult it can be sometimes yeah and i mean
1: again definitely definitely a trial by error and you know i think i think you know when 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 i was promoted to creative director it was a bit scary you know and i kind of didn't really realize and actually because i was in i was in a although i was in a big company i was in a small studio so there was still you know and depending on the size of the studio it depends on the kind of amount of work that you have to be hands-on with mm. so you know I, and because it was quite a small team i still pretty in there and i think the the hardest part was as 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 that team grew you know then letting go a little bit and realizing you know we should what your place is and you know what they really need from a creative director so you know that's what and i think that's the moment you kind of realize that your 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 job has become very different from what it was before and you're not meant to be like kind of jumping in and doing everything you know you're you're all about you know guiding and helping the work and inspiring the work and and you know kind of standing back and allowing but pretty much allowing the designers to express themselves and and be the heroes right Yeah, yeah yeah you know i think i take i take satisfaction from you know when a, when designers do great my designers do great work i take satisfaction from that because you know i know that i've however big or small i've been a part of that mm. so you know and i think i think it was just this kind of moment this mindset sort of shift that i had to come to terms with and when you do it you do it and then all of a sudden you feel comfortable with it because it's like well okay I'm, and I'm doing this now and this is this is what my my job is and this is what i have to do so, so yeah yeah, yeah. But, yeah there's still there's still times when I want to you know pick up the shovel and or grab the <laughs> grab grab the keys to the, to the tractor as I say and just kind of start driving because you know, <laughs> that is that is a struggle but but you know I do that less and less now because I'm I'm you know I know I know what I need to do
0: yeah yeah it's kind of funny because you you kind of we've all had our own creative directors throughout our careers and stuff and you you never it's hard to kind of imagine yourself or try and word this correctly it's hard for you to kind of picture your team looking at you the way that you looked at your creative director if that makes sense yeah yeah Exactly. and then you kind of there's just you know there's not a kind of usually a moment where you're like oh now i'm a creative director now i'm a design director leading a team or whatever it just kind of like it only you can only really look back and go oh that was the moment that happened okay
1: yeah yeah if if at all, really.
0: You know, it's yeah. kind of
1: Yeah. I think I think that I think I can reflect on it now because I've looked back, but I don't think there was ever a moment when it was like, you know, oh oh yeah, they I'm doing this now. It's it just kinda of happens now. So you know. And and you know, there's a lot there's a lot more responsibility and, and a lot more work to get done. So, you know, I can't possibly I can't possibly jump on every project.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. When we were kind of catching up on Scape a while back, we're talking kind of at length how you know mentors that we've had in our lives have kind of influenced us as like creative team leaders why would you you know kind of go back to that obviously i know because we we chatted about it but like why would you say mentors are so such an important part of your journey
1: um i think
0: i think so the big thing
1: for me about a mentor is like and, and i've had a bit of an interesting journey with mentors because you know since since Probably before I was a creative director, I was the businesses I worked for. It always challenged me to find somebody or, you know, go and find a mentor, somebody that can like take something to the next level, right? And I actively search these people out, and you know, and, and people who on paper I thought, you know, they, they, they look brilliant. They'll really like, you know, propel my career and give me some, give me an edge, give me something I haven't got. Mm. Um, but you know, I think my experience there was actually that was a bit 50 50. That was kind of like, I'd sit there, you know, with working with the mentor or talking to the mentor and I'd be, okay, I agree with of what you're saying, but like the other half, I'm not, maybe don't agree with that. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, and sometimes, you know, you might have a mentor thrust upon you, right? So you, you might find somebody or there might be somebody that somebody else thinks is a good, a good mentor for you. And again, you know, there's, there's been a few of those in the past and it's been a bit like, head scratching time when you're like really is that is that person the, the kind of person I need um honestly I really think that the the biggest and the best mentors I've ever had are people who I've worked with or you know who've probably been my seniors people who who have kind of almost led by example a little bit
0: mm, you know? and actually
1: yeah. you know I, they probably didn't know that they were mentoring me they're kind of you know they, they were doing their job and actually they were they were you know kind of doing things that i i resonated with or things you know even even today when i have certain situations i can look back and or i can think to myself how would so and so have done it or i can i do something and i think oh yes yeah that guy probably you know i learned out of that guy because he did it that way um so i think you know i mean am even you know and, and i'm even probably being mentored now you know by the people i work with some you know yeah people of course who are t- inspirational to me so so personally i think i think the best mentors are the people that you organically find as you as you you know kind of go through your career and you know they can teach you things like you know sometimes taking a step back when things get tough or you know calming down a little bit or trying to calm everybody else down when things are getting a bit crazy right so (laughs) you know or just trying to find ways to generate excitement and inspiration so yeah, I think you know I I'm not I won't name any names, but I can think of probably three or four people in my in my in my career that I could look at. So yeah, they 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 really did mentor me. And they helped me in different ways. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, I'm not a fan of I'm not a fan of finding mentors for people. I just think you know I think that's just kind of I think organically kind of working with the right people, having the right people around you is is, is key.
0: Yeah, and uh, like it was quite interesting the thing you said there in terms of like you know, mentors that I've had throughout my life, there's some times where you're just like, you know, holy shit, they're right on the money and mm-hmm. I, you know, that's such a you know, I'm gonna take that forward and maybe, you know, look back and use that again. And then there's times where you're like, uh, I'll I'll maybe just, you know, pick the bits that I want and, you know, you kinda of then turn it into your own kind of shit, yeah. so to speak. You know, like you kind of take the best bits of all the you know the things you love from your different mentors, and then kind of merge it into your own style, which you know might be right for somebody, might not be right for someone, but at least you've kind of made it your own and kind of developed yourself as well. Yeah, it's like a giant, it's like a giant patchwork quilt of like mentorism, isn't it? It's Basically,
1: people kind <laughs> yeah. of throw things at you, t- you build it up, you, you know, and then it's then all of a sudden it it feels a little bit like yours, you know, because that's how you yeah. you've, you've cherry picked the best bits from from things you've learned, really. So. Yeah, Yeah, because everyone works in
0: different ways, you know?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, some people have just, you know, I I used to, again, naming no names, used to work with a guy. He just used to, you know, kind of when things got tough, he'd really roll his sleeves up and get stuck in and he would, you know, he would sort of, you know, bring everyone along with him and, and, you know, sort of just just inspire everybody to like, you know, Mm. understand that design isn't like bloody heart surgery. It's like design, right? So, you know. And, and, and inevitably, everything will 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 rock out in the end. So, you know, I think I think you could learn small lessons like that as well as
0: bigger lessons. Yeah, definitely. Like some of the mentors I've had in my past, like they've been some kind of prefer just, you know, thinking of the kind of big idea, whatever it may be, and not worrying about the detail. And then some of them have been like, "Devil is in the detail," and you know, you kind of have to pick your battles and where you apply what. But, um. Yeah, like I think uh you know it's one of these things that you know, I think the best mentors, like you were saying, are the ones that you don't realise you're kind of being mentored by them. It's kind of a Mr. Miyagi for creat- creativity and design, uh wax on, wax off kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah, love that. Yeah, that's 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 the truth. Um also when we were catching up a while back, we were having a funny conversation about uh having Multiple midlife <laughs> crises, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. which I can definitely relate to, you know, even at the tender age of thirty-one. But I think this is like probably more common than people think. um Just yeah. like whether whether it is a kind of you know you have a bit of a streak of imposter syndrome in you, or a bit of element of doubt of where you are in your career, or whatever it may be, and you feel like you need to kind of change a gear, whatever it is. But what. What have been some of the midlife crisis sees or crises during your career, and how have you kind of dealt with them when they've come along?
1: Um, well, for the record, I love a good midlife crisis. I think they're brilliant. <laughs> um, the, the, I probably had about ten, I reckon, um, in my you know in my short midlife. Um, yeah. I think, but well, probably the first big one. I mean, I have had a few, but the first the first big one I had was was sort of the the moment when. Um, I came to New York eight years ago. Yeah. Um, and what happened there was really that, you know, I was working in, in, in Leeds um, and there was this opportunity to come to New York for six months just to cover somebody that was on leave, right? So who wouldn't right. jump at that, you know? And, and there was no pressure there. It was literally just come and do some great design work and, you know, kind of see what happens, right? But I think Yeah, yeah. I think um, you know my personal life at the time was was there was things going on and it was kind of you know I wanted to you know think about what I did next with with my life right so um, and New I mean New York once I was there I mean it's a pretty bloody hard place to ignore um,
0: oh man it's like one of my favorite
1: cities in the world yeah and I you know I'm, I'm still having a massive love affair of it right now you know <laughs> I mean, people say are you, are you burnt out yeah I'm like no I'm still I'm still having that love affair I'm still you know I'm still I'm still really enjoying it you know, my head got so turned when I, when I first came, I was like, you know, I came back just thinking I need, I need to figure out a way to, to go back and stay. Right. So, so, you know, and that, I think, you know, maybe people in their careers do get the opportunities. I know for a fact they do to come to different cities and, and, and work in different places. But I think, you know, you really have to really, really want to do it if you're going to make it work. So, um, yeah, so I was spent, I just was, what well, a second I got back, you know, at my desk in leaves, I was, Damn, how can I how can I end up back in New York? So, <laughs> what excuses can I come up with then? I know, and I, I kind of like threw a few things around, a bit blackmail, a bit of this, that and the other. And um, <laughs> and um, yeah, and in the end, you know, I kind of managed to turn that around in six months. So from coming six months in New York, going back to England, six months, sold my house, packed, got rid of everything, seven boxes, and I ended up <laughs> Seven um, boxes. Seven boxes I took to New York, and that's all I had. Um and I ended up in, I landed in Brooklyn, Halloween nice. night, Halloween night in Brooklyn, uh, eight years oh, wow. ago. And uh, yeah, kind of scratching my head a bit. Like, how did that happen? But but yeah. And, you know, at the, at the time, uh, the studio I worked at was very, you know, it was a relatively new studio. So, so mm. and it, it was kind of finding its feet. It was, it was, um, there wasn't that much pressure really it, it, it was odd it, it was it had to perform but at the same time there wasn't this massive pressure because it was new so they didn't really they were still kind of working out what they were doing so i just went into kind of fun mode i was like right let's just start you know having some fun with some good clients you know see what see what we could do experiment a little bit you know kind of you know even think about leading a studio at that point you know it was bizarre but i still just just got stuck in and and you know, started to do that really. So, oh wow. Um, so yeah, and, and that you know, looking back on that, you know, that was that was an amazing experience. Um, got me here, got me bedded in here. Um, obviously, you know, a few years into that, kind of the the company was was building up a bit of a global vision, and you know, that's where the pressure comes in. You know, the, the pressure can the tension and the pressure and the and the. You know, expectancy of a business can kind of be a big bucket of cold water on creativity sometimes. So yeah. <laughs> you, kind of, you kind of try and find ways to ease ease that pressure. So so probably that was the that was the first the first big one. I feel like the second one was um, around about eighteen months ago. Um, so at that company, you know, as I was saying, you know, it's growing and, and lots going on and lots was changing around me. Um, so I was kind of questioning my role and, and kind of work I was doing. You know, and and um, I've been at that. I've been at you know I've been at Elmwood a long time. You know, twenty plus years. So I was like, right, okay, this is a bit wow. scary. But you know, can is it possible I could do something else? Right? Is it possible I could, you know, kind of see what's out there? And you know, New York is
0: quite here. a scary moment because like I mean, I'm not trying to make it obvious, but twenty years is a long time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, well, the way I the way I equate it is that I, I worked I worked in Leeds
1: for thirteen years and then in New York for like eight years. Something right like that. and that it felt like a, coming to new york felt like a new job anyway right so yeah so, so you know whatever like however this helped me mentally it felt like i'd done two jobs in that in that in that time maybe three because i obviously was going through the promotions and stuff so so i feel like you know kind of it was scary it was it was very daunting but at the same time you know it kind of it was it was it was a kind of like a, a now or never moment Hmm. um And, you know, I started to talk to a few other companies. I felt a bit guilty about doing that. You know, it's a little bit like 20-year marriage, right? It's like being unfaithful and sneaking around. Yeah, you're having
0: an affair with someone or something.
1: Yeah, or the old, um, I had lots of doctor's appointments around about that time. (laughs) In fact, to to this day, like if anybody, if any of my designers, I've got a doctor's appointment around about one o'clock, I'm just like,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure you fun. do wink wink yeah cool
1: yeah yeah the old it's dentist like, like four four dentist appointments in a month you know it's like yeah,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: It's um, i
0: hope you get it yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah exactly 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 but I, th- I think the realization actually as i was looking at other other places and talking to other people you know and i didn't talk to that many but but they were kind of they just felt like very similar like the same company in, in slightly different clothing they're mm. all kind of doing the same sort of thing so it was a it was a um you know, it was it was tough to really sort of find something that, that resonated because, you know, they weren't that different. And I think that was the that was the realization. So I needed to, you know, if I was gonna move, I needed to go somewhere that had a really, really different outlook.
0: Um, yes, yeah. uh,
1: and in the end I you know, one one way or another I ended up freelancing. Uh, just kind of, you know, out the door that one company freelancing. It was a bit like I don't know what I still don't know what I'm gonna do. Um, it was it was like a research period. It was kind of like I'm, I'm, I'm you know, actually touching, working with a few different companies, seeing, seeing, you know,
0: kind of how they ran and what they did. Um, it's like a, a bit of you know, an uh, espionage job, just to try and find yeah. out the kind of hidden information. <laughs> yeah, and it was an interesting time. You know,
1: I kind of learned a lot there, um, and it was pretty clear that you know I still wanted to do something that was that was. Uh, different I think going back to kind of being a CD and learning what kind of CD you are I think that was really good because I was looking around and and, and seeing how other CDs did their thing um yeah so I think it was pretty clear that you know and and freelancing wasn't for me freelancing was you know it was it was it was cool it was you know I think that I made more money than I did in a salary job but actually it was kind of you know I I needed to be part of something um yeah and I, I and it was clear, you know, something radical had to change. So enter, enter Thought Matter. Um, yeah, and, and you know, uh, the managing director there, Jessie McGuire, she she was a, an old colleague. Um, she was the strategy director at Elmwood, uh, she she was already at Thought Matter. Um, uh, Martha Kirby was there too. Um, another girl, Katie. There was a, there was a kind of a, a few people that crossed the crossed the wire from Elmwood, and, and I knew they were doing something very different. Um, and it was a different kind of place. So talking to Jesse for about half an hour over a pint, kind of, yeah, I got hooked <laughs> on the idea of this. But again, it was so different from. A from pint pint always of, helps uh, as well. Yeah, you know, maybe more than one pint, probably about three pints, but before. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was good, and and yeah, kind of got hooked into the notion of it. But again, that was pretty scary because it was something very very different from what I did before. But but you know, at that point, I'm like, well, what, you know, let's just do this. and you know, What you got to lose? So.
0: But yeah. so yeah, that's, like, that's kind of where it ended yeah and Thought Matter they kind of like you're looking at your guys work Like you touch on a bit of kind of everything uh, mm-hmm. and do some incredible work for some like lovely brands and initiatives um, would you mind I suppose for the listeners who don't know who Thought Matter are like telling us a bit about like the purpose behind their work and kind of you know what was, what was it about that that kind of intrigued you to join them
1: yeah sure I mean I mean, it's hard to label Thought Matter. That's the first thing I would say. It's um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it was clear they're doing some. As Jesse said, you know, let's. Her, I think her line was when we were speaking. She was like, "Let's, you know, let's let's come and come to Thought Matter and do some cool shit." That was kind of what mm. she said to me. And I'm like, right, that sounds good. That's a good brief. Let's do that. Um, and it was obviously a very different kind of company. They clearly, um, you know, they were, they were doing some some interesting some interesting work. And I think the thing that sold me was, you know, they, they clearly wanted to make an impact with the work that they did, um, and not—I'm not talking necessarily a financial impact, but more of a, you know, more of a kind of a positive impact or a social impact.
0: Yeah, um, a difference. Yeah, and I think well, well, I,
1: I knew them. I I kind of had, had come across them before because of um, one of the big projects they did in 2017 was a redesign of the Constitution, the U.S. Constitution, which okay. Um, you know, and this was a reaction to you know Trump had just got in power, and and uh, you know things are up in the air as you can imagine, and and you know the the fact that lots of U.S. citizens had never read the Constitution or didn't really know much about it, so they wanted to sort of react to the to the, the, the time, and you know create something that shone a light on the on, on the the political scene in the Constitution. Mm. So um, they created a book yeah and they created this lovely little book called um we're the people um it was uh it was a kickstarter project originally so you know i think they i think they they hit their target for a kickstarter to produce this book in in a, in a, in a record record time um and I always, the first time i remember it was one of my designers came in with a with a with a tote bag and it had we are the people written on it i was like oh that's lovely what's that and um and then I asked about, I, I dug a little bit and found out about the project Thought we're doing. And um, that's when I kind of got, went in a bit of a cold sweat because I was thinking, oh my God, you know, the designers are all going to start leaving and moving to thoughtmatter and it's, you know, it's going to be, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to like start hiring people again. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that, and that was kind of what turned my head, but you know, fast forward uh, two or three years later, you know, and I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of in the hot seat now. Um, I've been there. Uh, 15 months and I, I can honestly say you know it's it's I've done a lot in that in that 15 months we've we've been through quite a few different projects first and foremost I think uh, the project I kind of jumped on as I walked through the door was a campaign for the Rubin Museum which was um, very different again from any kind of work that you know I, I've touched before and it was it was all about an awareness campaign to, to, to get the Rubin Museum and mm. you know, all that is it's basically a uh, it's a um, Buddhism Museum, Tibetan Buddhism Museum in, uh, oh, in wow. Manhattan, and uh, they Very were cool. they were up for something quite brave. They wanted to break through the they, they wanted to break through the noise of the subway and the kind of the advertising world and all this sort of stuff. So we created a campaign for those guys, um, all around the all around the notion of power. So that was that was you know that was quite exciting. And you know I think museums museums are a big part of uh, Thought Matters thinking. You know, we wanna we wanna work for we work for a Jewish museum, we wanna work for lots of different museums. Um and then moving on to the kind of the next project, which was an identity for an adult literacy programme in Harlem. Oh cool. Um, and again, you know, I think doubling back to that idea of impact and positive impact, you know, it's like helping helping um, you know, adults to to, to read and gain qualifications to better themselves. I mean, I can't think of a
0: you know, something that, that
1: you know, I'd rather be working on. Um, yeah, as far I mean,
0: as a, what a great thing to project. put your name against, you know?
1: Yeah, and and it's kind of just snowboarded from there a little bit. So you know, we have got, you know, we we we've done a brand for an organization that helps previously incarcerated adults, you know, to refocus and kind of get back into community and 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 uh, to to lift those those, those guys up. So again, you know, wow. brilliant opportunity. And we've just landed on the uh, just just last month landed on landed on the roster for UNICEF which
0: again
1: you know so now i'm listing off these things that we're kind of touching and and having an effect having a positive effect on and it's it's yeah it's a really exciting set of stuff that that, that's going on so you know um i think my work pace has kind of tripled (laughs) i wouldn't say i wouldn't say my workload i would say my work pace is kind of I think the other thing i'm really excited about thought matter is we kind of just we get things done, right? Um, and we have a producer. We have a producer on on staff who um, is wonderful, and she she basically kind of she is the catalyst for getting things done. I think when I look at look back to sometimes in my career, when I've tried to dream up things and want to get things out there and want to get things produced, there's always been a bit of a bit of a barrier to that sometimes by you know scratching your head and not really having somebody there to help you like like actually dream but but she her job opposite, there, you get
0: you get too bogged down in the details and it's like analysis paralysis kind of thing as well you know
1: 100% yeah so so any any like up and coming design aids, I would I would I would wholeheartedly recommend getting a producer cuz that you know it's literally getting things done is is and you know and it's a thing that every designer wants right they just want to like you know Go from start to finish, nuts to bolts, all the way through the through the project, and, and end up with something that they can hold in their hand or something they can see. So, so I think, yeah, yeah, and I think you know there was when I arrived at Thought Matter, there was so much potential and so much momentum already. I mean, it was just a case of me, say, just a case, it was just a case of me jumping on board, getting with the momentum and potential, and then trying to like supercharge that as much as I could.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. So how did how big's yeah. the team there now?
1: so we have um we we're, we're knocking up to about 18 now um oh, we're on good. the cusp of, we so we, the studio is probably probably big enough for maybe like 12 14 so we're um we're we're not quite tripping over each other yet but we're we're on the cusp of a, we're on the cusp of a move um which is amazing so we're moving actually moving 3 doors up the street to to a bigger space um, oh nice and that will be at the end of january so so yeah, so and and you know we're we're growing, we're growing steadily and and purposefully, but you know it's not the the idea here is, and we want like forty by next Christmas. It's it's you know it's it's um it's you know steady and and the right people and you know I think I, I like the idea of like twenty five. I think twenty five is a nice
0: yeah, nice it's thing, a good number. Of yeah, like we were, we've been chatting before about you know there's a. You know, how difficult it is to lead a team at times and also like be you know, there's almost a difference between being a team leader and being a people manager. Um and I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and nobody teaches you how to manage people. Uh and it's like one of these things that you know uh it's like one of these things where you kinda have to make a lot of mistakes and have sometimes difficult conversations or arguments or debates or whatever it may be to kind of learn how to effectively manage and lead a team if you were to like you know write your own handbook on how you would effectively lead a team what are some of the kind of biggest lessons that you would have in there like what's important to you as being a team leader um, right, the old yeah, the old handbook. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> the fact that the the lesson would be there is no handbook.
1: <laughs> oh my god! It, like it'd be a giant patchwork quilt. I think, like I said, I um, will just hand those out. I think, um, I think there's a few little things. I mean, really, it's it's. I think my my thinking is that that as a creative director, you um, you kind of need to be the one that takes all the heat. So you, would, okay, yeah. you need to kind of take the heat off the, off the people, you know, they, the, the designers, they need to be able to enjoy themselves and, and express themselves. Um, so if you can eliminate some of that, I guess you call it fear, right? If you can get rid of the, some of the fears they have and, and let them just kind of get on with it and do their job, I think that is, you know, first and foremost, something that every good creative director should be able to do. Um, I think also, you know, you want to start to generate excitement, you know, start to to get people really amped up about whatever they're doing, right? So, so you know, I, I keep I keep knocking, I keep banging on about, you know, that, that designers need to own everything. I don't care what, you know, how big or how small their involvement is in any project. They really need to own it as if it was theirs, right? So, yeah, you know, if you're going to be asked to design a, even a, like an icon for something, right? It's got to be one of the best icons you can ever do. You know, you really need to like, you know, own that and make that your own. Um, yeah. I think also, you know, kind of it's a bit of a cliche but but collaboration is key. I I, I try and get people to collaborate on steroids and collaborate with people they probably would have never <laughs> collaborated with before. Yeah. You know, and, and and find new ways and new conversations to create to create. So I think you know, I think, you know, again, if any most creative directors, if you ask them what they put in their handbook of things to do is collaboration would probably be there. Um, another thing I try and sort of Drum the people a little bit. Is you should never take things too personally, especially you know if, mm. you, if you put together some, put together some work and the client doesn't necessarily like it first time. You know, clients will always hate things, right? They'll always find something. You know, yeah. You know, however good or bad they are, they'll always there'll always be something, right? So you kind of have to expect it. It's part of the job, you know. And 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 if you're if you're you know if you keep it cool and expect to hear you know at least some kind of feedback that you're not going to like necessarily like then you know you know it's big part of the job and 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 you can kind of accept it a little bit more so just never take things personally you know it's yeah it's
0: difficult like it's like a funny thing you know it's one of the obviously the few industries like you know you wouldn't if you put your car into a garage and then didn't think something was done that right and you tell them you did it wrong you don't like what they've done like that never really happens because you never really meet the mechanic or anything like that. But in our industry, it yeah. happens all the time. Um, it's part yeah. of the job, is constantly getting feedback on your work and learning not to have a knee jerk reaction and actually taking a moment to listen to the feedback and understanding where the feedback's coming from as well. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, and also,
1: I think you know the kind of, from my experience so far, the kind of clients that Thought have had—they're they're the people you want to work with. Right, there's some good clients yeah. there. So, so actually, you know, I kind of yeah, they may they may not love, or they may have a slightly different vision of of what they wanted or whatever. But you know that that to me, it's just part and parcel of what you do every day. And you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't like you know get upset if somebody doesn't particularly like what a font or something you've done or a color I don't know whatever it might be. But you know, you kind of take the other chin and, and and kind of roll with it, and you know, kind of kind of make something out of that.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, like, for me, like, a lot of the time as well is, I don't know, this is maybe, like, a, <laughs> a thing I need to address personally uh, to myself, but, you know, um, your your job as the creative presenting work to a client is to try and remove any element of doubt from their mind, you know? Um yes. And if there's quite a lot of feedback, it's maybe something that you've done rather than mm. not done. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, exactly, uh, yeah like having that per- like that time to actually like reflect on, well, could I pitch this differently or said that differently or presented better is probably maybe more the thing to look at rather than the work itself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think, you know, I think we're certainly getting better at
1: better at kind of telling our stories, putting our, you know, aligning our work with the strategy, making sure that, you know, the kind of the, the, the presentation, I have this phrase, it's kind of like design that presents itself almost if you can get your presentation together and you can get everything connected and in the right order and you know make sure you you're resonating with the with the brief as it, as it should be then you know kind of you know you're you should have less conflict because you know you should be to, it should you should just be able to put that presentation in front of a client you know and and let them just kind of see it go through it and kind of understand it and and you know hopefully like it so yeah, yeah, I think I think it's I think it's a mix of uh, lots of things um, for sure. Of what kind, and can uh, probably, um, Sorry, carry on. I was going to say I could probably rattle on about this sort of stuff forever, but um, mm. yeah, I think the only other thing is is actually um, making sure that you keep asking the question about how you can make things better, or you know, kind of outcreate what you've done before, or you know, is you know, if you have an idea and come up with a something you love, how can it? How can it? resonate deeper how can it be even better um you know keep keep pushing it you know and Mm. uh make sure that you know you kind of ask all the questions all the questions you can ask about something
0: yeah definitely um what i was going to ask was what can i suppose how do you kind of keep yourself like motivated or inspired to kind of keep producing great work do you have any particular habits big or small to ensure that you kind of keep yourself like fresh and focused or do you just kind of you know take it all in as you go i think um so
1: touching on what i was mentioning a minute ago i think i think um you know having good clients or or clients you actually like you know you know life's life's a little bit too short to be working with any arsehole so i think i think having those clients (laughs) quite right and, in, and yeah, and, enjoy, and enjoying that you know, joining those people and working with them. I think you know, it kind of, it kind of inspires you to to do better work. Um, you know, I, I'll if it's, if the budget's tight, you know, and I have to put a lot more work into it. If, if I like the people, I'll, I'll do it. You know, it's 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 fine. It's it's when you when you're slogging away for somebody that doesn't really like it, then you know that's that's uh, that's a little bit of a problem. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, and, and, you know, it naturally lowers like the motivational level anyway. Um, I think as far as me personally, how I I, I motivate myself, I think, I think, I think actually art has been massive for me this year. All Um, right. Okay. And that's simply because, um, you know, our our founder, Tom, he's, um, he has a deep appreciation of art. Uh, He have we have lots of art in our studio. So, um, you know i'm I've been actively encouraged to go as many museums in in New York or you know wherever where the i I want to or I need to so I've been to museum conference this year in, in New Orleans. I've visited probably twenty different museums in probably four of the five boroughs in New York. oh wow, um, and I've started to just you know naturally just do that over and over and do that more and more, you know, and I kind of you know, art, you know, if thinking about the kind of work that we're doing at film and how that then kind of mixes with art, I think is, is a really interesting perspective and it, it, it changes your perspective. So I think, you know, I, I definitely appreciate different kinds of art more now. Um, and, you know, and, and Tom could talk about, you know, he can talk about art for hours and, and that's really inspiring as well. So it's kind of this powerful mix of, you know, Positive work that makes a positive impact plus R equals something that's very unique for, for for the business. So, so yeah. So I think you know I've, I've I'm I'm a walking encyclopedia on the kind of the exhibitions that are going on in New York. And you know my wife's getting a little annoyed with me now because every every weekend I want to go to a different museum. But I think, <laughs> um, you know and 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 this you know the, I mean New York again New York. You know I've been to you know, some pretty interesting museums I didn't even knew, know existed. Things like, um, there's one up in the Bronx. Um, catchy, catch, catchy title of the Bronx Museum of Art, but it's, um, <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't really know that much about that. I went up, I've been up there twice now and I've seen a couple of pretty pretty decent exhibitions, quite, quite eclectic out there exhibitions that, that, you know, have kind of influenced, you know, our thinking a little bit. Um, I went to see one in the summer which was all about, um, it was all about it was basically tons of these kind of like handmade machines. I think it had a title along the lines of "machines for eating and drinking" or something like that. And They're basically okay. mad contraptions just made up of like sort of you know, junk and, and, and different different mechanical parts, right? And you go in, and it was it was quite inspiring. But it but it um, I think it in a, in a funny way, you know, it starts to inspire the way you, you think about the work. Can can you be a bit more experiential? Can you kind of think of things in a different way? Can you can you add a different element to it and and start to you know stretch it a little bit? So yeah,
0: yeah this I is think, like yeah uh, something I've been like I chatted to Duncan who he used to he was on episode fourteen or something like that of the podcast. He's ex former head of innovation at Disney, and is just talking about like trying to break people's like river of thinking because mm-hmm. I mean, you go with nine times out of ten what you're comfortable with and you it's really hard to kinda of break out of your usual habits. And it's especially in I find in digital design, you find a lot of designers just they have their little kinda you know, their little jam that they like doing and everything starts to look a bit samey. And it's really hard to kinda of get them to completely switch their like river of thinking and completely come at it from a different angle, you know? um so it's such an important thing to try and encourage i think yeah i think
1: you know kind of also depending on what mood you're in i mean if you're getting if you've got a bit of something going on that's giving you a bit of pressure or a bit of tension i mean you might go to the you might go to the the buddhism museum right there's a there's a bloody temple (laughs) in there where you can just like you can just listen to little chimes and hang out and relax a bit you know it's kind of i I bought membership to to the ruben after doing that project and you know sometimes i'm like i just need to go in and, and be quiet you know or, or you know or if I want to if I want to like just jazz things up a bit I might I might you know I might go to I might go to MoMA or, or the Whitney or something and, and and you know see what's going on there so so yeah I think you know I've I've, I've got memberships to all the museums I'm kind of you know I think you know and, and it wasn't that I wasn't into art before thought man because I was but but not but only my kind of art really
0: you know yeah I, yeah I, like I see what
1: you mean I like a lot of street art and graffiti and different things. And I kind of, you know, I, I always gravitate to the things I saw that were things I thought I'd probably really enjoy. But then, you know, kind of some of the things, you know, that I've engaged with recently have been very different things. So, yeah, I think it can definitely inspire you into different ways of thinking. It can change your mood. It can, it can like reset things a little bit. Just, 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 just clear. Just break your thinking a little bit and, and you know, sort of make you think in a different different way
0: yeah yeah would you like you know this like I've kind of asked this question to a few people and everyone kind of seems to have a different answer but would you say that you have like a philosophy to your work at all like something that you always try to achieve um or do you just do you not kind of get bogged down and kind of thinking about that stuff (laughs) um
1: um well I think I think it kind of goes back a little bit to this this notion of you know kind of letting go a little bit, right? Um, you know, kind of again becoming a CD and um, you know sort of having that sort of transition between between uh, designing a lot and then kind of guiding and leading the work. You know, it's kind of you know you don't do that so much as a creative director anyway because you get the financial side of business screaming at you know. Um, <laughs> But I think um, once you realise that, then you're you in a better place. So I think you know my my philosophy would have always kind of more about you know I think my job now as a CD is to build a team of people, right? I guide the work, I help the designers create the work and express themselves, right? And, you know, I want them to I want them to succeed. you know, you know I even want them to fail sometimes to, to get to succeeding, right? So it's kind of yeah, you know, giving them a bit of freedom. I think I think freedom to do it. I've never. I've never been one of those sort of creative directors. I don't hope I haven't. I don't think I have where you, know, you <laughs> can, will kind of push them out. I, I used to have a creative director. And he used to like, this is way, way back. And he used to like, if, if he didn't like what I was doing, he used to literally lean over, shove me out of the way. And just kind of, without sitting down, it just, it just, he was such a big guy. He'd get him a face and he would just start doing things on my computer as I was doing it. And um you know, and I've heard horror stories about CDs that will kind of get get frustrated and not be able to, you know, kind of get the output they need, and they'll end up doing it themselves. And that that's not me. That's not me at all. You know, um, and I think yeah. Also, part of the philosophy is if you hire the right people, if you trust them, you know, you won't have to do anything like that. You kind of, you know, I, I, um, you know, with the right team, I think you you sleep well at night. I had a. I actually had a client ask me once, uh, probably a couple of years ago. Was like, um, so I think it was after a big presentation we did, and he was like, "Damn!" He's like, "You know, how do you, how do you sleep at night? You know, knowing you've got to deliver something that's quite big and scary, and you know, you've got to, mm. you got to, you know, help. You know, you've got to please a lot of people." And the instant answer for me was, "Look, you know, if you, if you, it's your team, if you've got the right team, if you've got the right people, um, I think, um, you know." it'll happen you know you can trust them you'll sleep at night you'll sleep like a baby because you know that you know it's one way or another things are gonna things are gonna happen right you know and, and i've been lucky enough since i've been, been at thought Matter to be able to assemble pretty much assemble a team of of uh, designers that i think are all really strong they're all very diverse you know i'm very proud of that team and um, they're all very different from each other you know I, the way i think of it they all got their own kind of superpower So they're not they're not all the same. They're all kind of doing different things, and it kind of
0: I think that's so important in a team because you just just having the kind of diversity in styles, or you know, some people who are can instantly drum up ideas. Some people need a little while to stew on it, and kind of getting that variety is so important. Yeah, exactly, and
1: and you know, uh, um, you know, and I'm looking, you know, I'm kind of as you grow a team, you're looking for the next person that can help you sleep at night. Um, and I, 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 love a good football analogy. So I think, I think, you know, I look at myself, I'm like the captain of the team. I'm the one who's kind of got to rally everybody and kind of like point and shout and make sure they do the right things, you know, but I want my, I want my striker to like run wild and run ring around people. I want my midfield to be there, you know, controlling the ball and, and you know, laying it off. I want, you know, I want to be that inspirational captain. Um, yeah. That gives the freedom and guides. So, so if I so go right back to that question about philo- philosophy, I think it's freedom. Give your team freedom, guide them, and captain them. And I think you know if you can get that right, you'd kind of in a good spot. You know, and there will be times when, as a captain, you have to try and get in there and, and uh, you know, tackle a few people. But you know, it's kind of, <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's fine, it's fine, it's, it's it works out. I
0: think it's just like trust is just like such an important one. Um, like you said, like if you can trust your team are gonna be there for you in a pinch, um or not necessarily in a pinch, but just like you you don't you know, it's uh you don't have to say the gentle reminder or anything like that because you know that they don't need the gentle reminder or a nudge or to get something done. They're just that proactive you you can trust them. You know that you're gonna deliver on time or in ahead of time so that there's time to kind of stew on it and think about it together you know i think that's yeah. so important and you don't realize how important that is until you don't have it as well
1: yeah if you got a, if you have a weak link in there somewhere and again no disrespect to anyone i've worked with in the past but if you if you do have it you know about it and you worry about it and that that's what keeps you waking night, knowing that oh god is that gonna happen is that gonna work out you know is that gonna get done or whatever so you
0: know? Yeah, and it kind of it has a really kind of toxic effect as well, because then you start kind of questioning yourself or you start kind of maybe un, un, unconsciously or subconsciously uh, kind of yeah. making decisions based on that um, kind of a- anxiety and anxiousness that you have maybe about a, a person in your team. And then, you know, that's just not helping anyone. <laughs> it's not helping you, it's not helping them, it's not helping the work. So. Uh, but yeah, like I think, like trust and kind of communication, being able to kind of, if you have that trust and being able to have that kind of open dialogue with your team as well, where you're not afraid. I'm not saying that you have to get into bloody heated arguments all the time. You would want to have an argument, but as long as you, everyone knows each other well enough that you can push back on other people's ideas, or yeah, and know, I think you know I have buy that healthy of-
1: debate. I worked with people before where you know, kind of, you know, they don't they don't like sharing, they don't like talking too much about things. I think the, one of the biggest keys of, of, of a successful team is to have like a really open dialogue the whole time, and you know, kind of keep talking about anything, anything, anything you're not happy with, anything that's kind of you know not working out or going south. You you talk about it, and you kind of you know you you don't kind of you don't you don't hold it in, and, and you know, I think again, I'm in a lucky position where you know, we we talk a lot. I thought, man, we talk we do talk you know more than probably most so i think i think it's uh i think that that's that's just the kind of thing that keeps everything rolling
0: yeah um you know like one thing i've kind of always wondered about like you know you hear of places like new york there's so many great businesses and agencies and you know and you're all kind of competing for the same work in such a kind of condensed space because you know M- manhattan i suppose yeah. is not a big place but like you know, I'm comparing this to Scotland, which is obviously <laughs> like a very, a very small, less densely populated place. Like the same names keep cropping up everywhere. Like, is that the same in New York? Like, do you always find it like you're kind of the same competitors or is it, Yeah, there's so many places that you, it's always new names that you hear off cropping up everywhere. I've always been kind of weird yeah, and think, curious about that.
1: I mean, yeah, that, that, I think that's tr- true for, for any, any, any place. Um, and I think also it goes down to the kind of work you're you know, you're going after, right? So if you're going for a particular kind of work, there's a, you know, there's other companies of a similar ilk that are going for those kind of, you know, mm. piece of the work too. So, you know, it was a bit, bit like when I was back in England. You know, you pitch for a, you pitch for a certain job, and you could pretty much guarantee that two or three of the other companies pitching would be X and X company, right? They'd be, they kind of, well, we'd always meet them and. Sometimes they won, sometimes we won, you know, and it would be this kind of, you know, you 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 view them as your kind of direct competitor or your or the enemy, I guess. You, you might <laughs> yeah. think of it. Um, and New York's no different, really. I think um, you know some of the work the Matter goes for. You know, there's there's certain companies of a similar ilk that will be will be in the mix. Um, you know, and you'll come up against them. You know, and then sometimes sometimes it'll be a positive result sometimes it won't you know and whatever however that works out but you know i think i think yeah i think uh i think you know if you think it's a big place you know it's, it's a decent size but uh, there's lots and lots of companies here but but for some reason you do you do seem the butt, butt heads with similar people um, but I, I put that i do put that down as a kind of the kind of projects you're looking for and kind of I think, you know, since, yeah. since shifting over, I thought, man, those, that, that pool of, of companies has totally changed for me. So back at Elwood, it would be a certain kind of client, certain, you know, certain kind of company. Here it's very different now, you know, and I, mm. I don't really, I actually don't really see, you know, that, those people back in that world as, as a competitor anymore. They're kind of, you know, they're doing their thing, we're doing our thing. So it's kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's different pools of, of companies with different kinds of work.
0: Yeah, nice. Out of, you know, your career spanned, you know, few decades, like out of all the work that you've done over your kind of career, which is pretty, you know, you've had absolutely global, massive brands, and then you've worked with, you know, very, very small niche, but albeit, absolutely lovely work. Like, what are some of the kind of projects that you're most proud of?
1: Well, for a start, you made me sound really old then, which you know. I,
0: I know. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I was described I ta- recently.
1: I, <laughs> I was I, described I, I recently as <laughs> sorry. I was described recently as a as a industry veteran. <laughs> and um, I don't know about the word veteran. I think you know, it's kind of. I think I think I think I'm pretty young in the way I think, right? So I kind of I, I you know the, the industry is like shifted massively It has done very quickly in a, in a short space of time and I, I like to think i'm one of these people that kind of flex enough try and try and think young right, you know even though i'm not young uh, so yeah um but but um no i mean i think i've been lucky to work on so so much variety of work so many different kinds of projects um even you know Back at Elmer, I was very much the, a bit of a jack-of-all-trades, worked on lots of different things. I was never really pigeonholed as one type of designer or another type of designer, you know. So I'd be doing identity, I'd be doing packaging, I'd be doing, like, you know, books, I'd be doing all sorts of different things. Um, so so I think that's helped moving into, into um, Thought Matter that have a more eclectic mix of clients. That's been really helpful. Um, I will, you know, I will go back and say that the, the, my shining moment, which at the time actually I thought I thought I'd never ever beat, was when I was working on the brand identity for uh, the Football Association in England and the the England crest. Oh wow, yeah, and, and that was a, I mean, that was huge. That was a um, probably like a two two and a half year project, which was was taking the. The football association's branding across the board creating consistency it was you know it was crafting the the association logo to to have a synergy with the actual crest that was on the shirt you know i remember i remember um working on crafting the three lions with a with a with a typographer and a, and a, you know and an illustrator to to create that and then watching it as it was embroidered and put on an England shirt, and then people were getting it tattooed on their arms and that kind of stuff. Uh, was, that's crazy, isn't it? It was mental, and I, I remember thinking at the time, you know, there's a team of people that worked on this. That, that uh, you know, it was such a big project, and I remember thinking at the time, "Damn, I'll never be involved in anything like this cool again, or anything that I'm so like passionate about, or <laughs> or um, you know, anything that anything that I kind of you know would would like kill to do, you know?" So yeah. So I thought it's probably the end of my career there. You know, I've done that. Now. I, can, <laughs> I can go off and uh, I've peaked by a pub and then and, and just run that for the rest of my life. But um, but no, that was I mean that was super cool. And you know, I, I, I didn't work on anything else for probably like two and a half years. It was it was you know it was branding stadiums. It was it was wow. just, it was typography on the back of shirts. It was. It was set, designing centre circle covers and things for like sponsorship, sponsorship and and anything for any England game. So, so it's pretty pretty intense.
0: Wow! And like, what was it like? Kind of like obviously for the first time seeing your work on things that are like you'd probably be on like sides of stadiums and all kinds of things. Like, what was that kind of? because oh, it yeah. it's one of these things like you know. It's one of the few projects that you could actually tell your parents what that what it is that you actually do for a living. <laughs> so I did that, <laughs> but Absolutely, normally they yeah. just sit there with a blank look on their face.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, at one point I was going to get a tattoo. I've got a few tattoos. I was going to get I was going to get <laughs> the crest tattooed on the leg or something. Uh, probably still might actually. Yeah, you know, I'm going. I, I, it's, it's never too late to do that. But um, no, no, seeing it. And I mean, you know, I think actually one of the one of the biggest things for me was was um, it was a, a transitional time when. Wembley Stadium was being being renovated, and you know, for the the old Wembley to the new Wembley, so the the yeah. the whole it was a whole like roadshow. So so anytime England played, they they played at a different stadium in England. And the, one of the briefs was to to we had a graphic system already kind of set. One of the, one of the briefs was to go to the stadiums with a, a production company who would measure like the whole stadium basically anywhere you put graphics for England game that measure it up they give you the measurements and then it was your job to literally design the stadia so so think about you know where the what the branding would look like this was like a temporary thing so I remember you know I did it for I did it at um, Upton Park I did it at um, Stadium of Light and it was like St. James's Park Wow. Um, and it, I think they had a game at Ellen Road big Leeds fan so I was kind of like <laughs> absolutely like kind of like going crazy at this. This is brilliant, um, and probably like ten or so stadiums. So for a long, for, for a, a big chunk of that time, I was I was designing these things, and and it was I would know, drive from Leeds to Sunderland, measure the stadium, kind of the games in two weeks, and then you know the game. I think it was, I think the Sunderland game was against Turkey. Turn up at the game and just watch the whole kind of thing as as it unfolded, and, and all the graphics were were all over the place. It was kind of it was kind of mental in a way. And I didn't, yeah, I don't think, yeah. And again, I, I don't think, you know, there's probably anything that will come close to that. But, you know, obviously I had to move on and do some other things. So I feel like, been, <laughs> I feel like, you know, I kind of, you know, there's, there's still tons of things to do and still tons of exciting projects out there. And especially being at Thoughtman, the kind of work I'm now engaged in, I feel, you know, I skip to work these days because I know that, you know, I know that there's going to be something pretty interesting at the other end, so yeah so yeah definitely if i had to pinpoint one it that would be it
0: no absolutely and that's a good one uh that's for certain it's uh it's kind of funny like I, i i don't know if it's an age thing for me but like i felt like when you're young you you want to kind of get the good names on your portfolio that are like a known name that your mom and dad would know or your friends would know about or something like that but kind of as you grow older you you it's not that you care less about that it's just you you care more in other areas yeah so that you, you realize that it's really not all that important who the client is um and at the end of the day like it's it's what you make of it rather than who the client is and sometimes i don't know at least in my experience some of like the biggest brands in the world that i've worked with are sometimes the least fun because they're so locked down actually you don't get the freedom to do what you want while like the kind of younger more nimble clients kind of want to take a bit more risk you know yeah that's that's totally true and i think i think now i'd rather talk about
1: the actual project the you know what the what the project is what what is achieving what the impact could be rather than necessarily name dropping a client um I mean, it is nice to name drop a client. Obviously, you know you want to, <laughs> you know, you want to tell your mom, you tell your dad that you know you're working on something, you know, by the Football Association or MTV or, or whoever it might be. But actually, yeah, of course. You know, I think for me now, it's more important to really understand the kind of the kind of work you're doing and the kind of the change that can make. Um, and leave the leave the leave the name dropping to the young people. It's you know, it's kind of for me. It's it's yeah. And I think you know. At, and again, another realization of coming to thought. Now that's kind of how I feel now. I'm starting to, you know, work on a few more things that that are kind of, you know, absolutely one hundred percent worthy of talking and shouting about. You know, and kind of, but not a name of a client, more of a more of a, a project.
0: Yeah, yeah. And just that like kind of one final question, which I've kind of been starting to ask kind of a few different people on the podcast. Like, and everyone has a different answer. Um, but do you? like have you ever had like personal projects that you always kind of got going on the side on on top of your kind of job or are you more the kind of person that's just all into their work and then when you're home that's like you know home time but I don't think about work or do you kind of have a, a bit of a mix? Yeah I think
1: well again again it probably ties back to a bit of a philosophy but I think I think designers should always have something out of work I'd be worried if they didn't have stuff. You know, like I'm not one of these people that's oh so and so doing a side project that's going to affect their work. It's like I think, I think having these these side hustles and these side projects can actually actually make you a better designer anyway. Um, and I personally, you know, have there's always one or two things going on. You know, um, it's it's fine at the time to do them. You know, it's kind of I think if you're if you're you're working at a certain sort of pace and a certain workload, you kind of you know, coming home at night and then firing up the computer and, and rocking out another seven hours of work is is, is can, can be tricky. But but as far as you as know As well
0: as just finding the motivation to sit in front of a, a Mac after you've been doing it all day as well. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. You know, and I kinda of wanna just put my feet up and watch a bit of trashy telly or something. But you know, it's kind of <laughs> I, I think you know I think you find time and I think I think, you know, you need to you need to, you know, have have those things and i i, I encourage the designers to, to to do that you know and sort of to have other other i mean like i said i'd be worried if they didn't if, if you know if, if if they never did anything out of work you know i think that would be a bit of a red flag but i think most of the designers or all of the designers have thought that tend to have something going on.
0: yeah awesome well Ben mate it's been I could absolutely talk your ear off all day and I really appreciate you coming on the show right before Christmas although this episode won't be going live and you'll be the first podcast of 2020 but you know um I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and hopefully next time we do this it will be face to face somewhere Preferably New York for me. Uh, hopefully, but... <laughs> hopefully this is recorded. I'm hoping this is recorded. So. It, it has, it has. <laughs> um, not, well, I probably won't be able to do it again, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one's, bitten, one's bitten twice shy with that mistake <laughs> that I made. Uh, but seriously, I, I really do appreciate you taking the time to come on, um, especially on the lead up to the busy festive period. But um, where can people find more about yourself, either like personal folio or like what's the thought matter kind of, uh url where people can find more about your work just a good old thoughtmatter.com. so just just go there and uh and uh we
1: keep in that We we've got a few more things coming up that we're going to put on there pretty soon so you'll be able to look at that and, and uh, see what we're up to
0: awesome i've been absolutely loving the stereotypical new york scenery noises in the background as well oh you've heard those have you yeah i've been someone yeah. Door a minute ago as well, which was a, which was which was a bit of a oh really time, but, I, did, yeah. I didn't <laughs> hear that but uh, the, the the hard tooting it just sounds like so eclectically new york i'm gonna yeah, yeah, you'll, you'll,
1: you'll get a fire truck in there at some point and <laughs> screaming yeah it'll be it'll be all in there
0: awesome thank well, you very much ben i really appreciate it no thank you it's been a pleasure And to wrap up, folks, uh, please head over to the website, the MITMPodcast.com, where you can find out more about the show. Um, Hit up your favorite podcast platform, uh, hit subscribe, make sure you get notified when a new episode goes up. And of course, if you are enjoying the show, hit the stars, leave a review, share the show with a mate. You have no idea how all that kind of stuff, it may seem small to you, but it actually does help really grow the show. So I really appreciate it. And also, please get in touch. We're always keen to hear from everyone, um, whether it's a question, whether it's just uh, a nice message. Uh, get in touch. Send me an email on methodinthemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or fire me a DM on Twitter or LinkedIn or something. And by all means, do not be shy. But that it is. that's it, even. If I can talk, that's it from us here. Thank you very much for listening. And I hope you found some Method in the Madness.